0: shalom brothers and sisters welcome to another episode of the magic shul bus my name is michael colasanti i'm a practitioner of high dose psilocybin lsd and dmt i am a jew by choice and i am traveling the united states in a school bus with my two dogs searching for freedom love and transcendence please join me as we explore life consciousness divine creation and everything in between I didn't find LSD LSD found me in the days and weeks following following my initial LSD experience that sentiment was radiating throughout my being now you have to understand up to this point in my life I was by all accounts very pragmatic believed in the quote-unquote real world very science-based, factual, and unless there was some type of quantifiable, qualifiable evidence to back something, I, I wouldn't hear anything about it. Now, when you begin to experiment with with psychedelics and theogens, whatever you want to call them very quickly, your position on what's real, what's not real, spirituality, divine creation, all of these concepts are tested. And it doesn't matter if you wander into the psychedelic experience as an atheist, as a person who participates in some particular religion or spirituality or faith. It doesn't matter where you come from or what you look like or what your background is or how you were raised. Entering into the psychedelic experience, your beliefs about everything will be challenged. And that's part of the reason why it can be difficult to enter into this realm. Because as Terrence McKenna would say, it does not bode well for the ego. Wandering into a psychedelic experience with a very concrete concept of what life is, what death is, and the meaning behind it all or lack thereof is a recipe for disaster. And I have watched, I have watched people break under the immense weight. Of the psychedelic experience but in the days and weeks following my initial LSD trip all of these things all of these concepts all of these ideas were being debated inside me and for the next 18 months or so my then girlfriend and I would take LSD every now and again and in all honesty I didn't enjoy tripping with another person. I just didn't. Any time that I would engage in the psychedelic experience with my partner, there was this nagging feeling during the entire experience that I was being throttled to some degree, that I was being prevented from experiencing the full scope of the experience and that's no fault that's no fault of my of my partner at the time she was actually a great tripping partner it wasn't her fault but I couldn't escape this feeling that I wanted to do this alone Now in June of 2017, I received my wish, my partner and I had split gone our separate ways and for the first time I had the ability to trip by myself now over the course of the next few months during the summer of 2017 I began taking a lot of acid I spent considerable time inside the LSD experience and became very acquainted with my mind my body and my spirit I spent a lot of time in this place by myself And for anyone who has taken LSD, they will tell you that it is a deeply self-reflective state. Taking LSD by oneself will result in a handful of outcomes, but it is truly an experience in which you will either come out a better person on the other side of these experiences, wiser, more disciplined, or you will lose your mind in the process. And the reason I say that is because you are tested inside these experiences, you are pushed, you are challenged. And you oftentimes are forced to confront your demons. Your nightmares, what you dislike about yourself, what you think others think of you. Every conceivable emotion is touched on. And from roughly June of 2017 till August of 2017, I feel as though I took the LSD experience as far as I possibly could. At the time, I was working a straight job in an office, working Monday through Friday. And then typically, every Saturday night or so, I would dose. Now, it was during this time that I really began to elevate my doses. Each experience, I continued to push myself a little bit further and a little bit further. Unbeknownst to me, this time was a training period. I was building a cosmic resume, if you will. I was in preparation for what would eventually come in the form of high dose mushroom experiences. now when I say high dose psilocybin I typically am referencing anything above seven grams our brother Terrence McKenna would refer to the heroic dose and that was five dried grams in silent darkness now toward the end of the summer of 2017 Due to the fact that I was elevating my doses and the frequency in which I was taking LSD, it started to become an issue sourcing it. I began to have difficulty finding it consistently. There are a lot of fascinating details about LSD. It is an anomaly of sorts. But one of the things about it is it is incredibly difficult to synthesize and make in fact very few people are qualified to synthesize LSD it is very difficult to do now the person that was very close to me that initially supplied me with the LSD and was up to this point supplying me with the LSD had instructed me that he was no longer going to be able to continue supplying me with it and he and he had some personal reasons now when i asked him what the reasons were he had told me that it simply didn't feel right in his body anymore now at the time i didn't really understood what that meant because i was still Completely in love with LSD I didn't see any faults in it I still felt like one of the luckiest people in the world having been chosen by some cosmic divinity to be able to have these experiences and I didn't really understand what this person meant when they said that it didn't feel right in their body but regardless the reality was I was no longer going to be able to source acid anymore and I still in my mind was only just beginning my journey I was nowhere even close to finished and I was not ready to stop yet so this became an obvious issue for me now the person who had been supplying me the LSD up to this point had instructed me that they were going. They were going to begin cultivating psilocybin mushrooms. Now, I talked about this a little bit in the first episode. I had taken mushrooms a couple times in high school, but the honesty is, I I didn't. I just wasn't into it. I didn't care for it. To me, my, my opinion was that mushrooms brought a ton of anxiety and just kind of weird ebbs and flows to emotion and feeling and and at the same time I never I never experienced any of the visual wonder that I had on LSD I will say one of the things I really like about acid is that even at relatively low doses you can have fairly decent open and closed eye visuals. There is a, because of the synthesized nature or whatever it is, there is a, dis, it's a disproportion between the perceivable stimuli of the experience in conjunction with the, the seeming, the, the perceived disruption to one's senses. Because the reality is that to get visuals with mushrooms and to really go to to really experience psilocybin you have to go in deep and I and it's part of the reason why LSD is very good for beginners and getting people into psychedelics it can be very gentle without overwhelming people but so the, the person who had been supplying me LSD and told me he was going to switch over and and start growing mushrooms and he wasn't going to be able to supply me with acid anymore this was a big deal to me this came as a huge blow because I had no interest in switching over to mushrooms I just didn't but the summer of 2017 was essentially a training seminar for me training for high-dose mushrooms which is where all of my my deepest visions and experiences were allowed to flourish in the 2 years between my first my first LSD experience and my first high dose mushroom experience i had a lot of fun i mean it was it was disciplined and i was regimented about how i did it but my 2 years or so of LSD experiences there there were there just really weren't any spiritual proclivities behind it i mean the experience itself definitely opened my mind up to to the possibility or now the fact that that magic is real and that there is a, that there is life outside of this body outside of this mind that consciousness generates the brain not the other way around but still any i i, I didn't take lsd to commune with a higher power. That's not why I did it. I was doing it because it was a lot of fun. And it felt great. And there was very little little perceivable downside to it. It was very affordable. And it was a nice change of pace. But clearly for me, there was something... In the back of my mind at the bottom of my heart that was yearning for more than just to have fun there was some telos as to why I was doing what I was doing and I couldn't articulate it at the time and I quite honestly probably didn't even understand any of this but I was searching I was searching for something finally in August of 2017 I ran out of acid couldn't get any more and made the decision to pick up a batch of mushrooms and give it a try. I got in my truck, I made the drive, and I picked up an ounce. Now, these mushrooms, I was sort of cautioned in advance, were not beginner mushrooms. These were a high-potency batch of penis envies. Now, any of you who have ever dabbled with penis envies will know firsthand, they are not to be taken lightly. Hop on Google and look up penis envies and their strength and their potency, and you will very quickly find out from most people that they are not to be screwed around with. If you're inexperienced and you're going to take them, cut your dose in half and buckle up because you are in for a serious ride of course at the time I didn't know any of this but as I said I was kind of instructed in advance that just watch what you're doing these are strong they're hot now the person I was picking them up from I kind of asked him for some advice on dosage he obviously knew that I had been experimenting with LSD for the last couple of years and You know he was aware that i could handle myself and he knew that i wanted to go deep this person actually instructed me that i should just take the whole ounce i knew somewhere inside that that probably wasn't a good idea (laughs) i had heard um and i had read i had done my own research reading other other people's trip reports that five to seven grams was mind-bending that that is kind of the upper echelon of what people take. People, Most people, even experienced trippers, typically don't go above 7 grams. That's kind of the way it goes, especially with high-strength penis envies. Most people don't go above that. You got, you got your few psychonauts out there that, who do explore into the deep water, but most people don't fuck around above 7 grams. So with the experience that I had up to this point, I, I decided to myself that that seven grams sounded like a good place to start so on a beautiful August evening I decided to enter into my first high-dose psilocybin experience now my method for consumption of mushrooms is really simple really easy to ingest and really easy to digest the best way to do it is to make it into a tea Hands down, that is it is the it is the best way, and for for a couple of reasons. Personally, I can't stand the taste or, or the smell of mushrooms, psilocybin mushrooms. I don't like it. I find it very nauseating. It makes me gag. I don't care for the taste. So the best thing you can do is make it into a tea. And it doesn't matter how high potency and high dose the tea is, if you doctor it up right and you prepare it properly, you, you, if someone, if you didn't know any better, you wouldn't even know that it's that it's a psychedelic brew. You'd have no idea. So some basic instructions on how to brew up world class tea. Now something I want to say up front, and this uh, this really needs to be said. I think most people probably do this but I've encountered a f- my fair share of people who just never occurred to them. Whenever you enter into the psychedelic experience or you plan to enter into, into this state, always weigh your dose. Always, always, always weigh your dose. I've encountered too many people who just reach into the bag and eat. It's it's It, it makes me... <laughs> makes me just feel really weird thinking about that because I am obsessed with quantifying these these experiences, documenting them, breaking them down, analyzing them. After seven plus years of doing this at very high levels, I think there's only been, I can count on one hand how many times I've just simply reached into the bag and eyeballed it. And this was after years of having a lot of experience doing it. But always weigh your dose. But weigh your dose. Put the material into a coffee grinder. Powderize the mushroom material. Boil some water on the stovetop. Put your mushroom material in the boiling water. Set a timer for 10 minutes on boil. Then 10 minutes on low. Remember to stir the material the whole time. So it doesn't scorch or foam up over the over the pot once the material is cooled a good bit use a French press and strain the, the mushroom material out once the material has been strained pour into a cup mug drop in your favorite tea honey Squeeze a lemon in there and you are set to rock and roll. Now, what I've noticed about making tea out of, the, out of the mushroom as opposed to eating it whole out of the bag, the experience is expedited and it is considerably more powerful. It's condensed is what it is. It's gonna be shorter, but it's gonna, it's gonna kick faster and harder And I mean, I can't speak for anyone else, but in reality, that's, that's, I mean, that's what I'm looking for. The reality is when you make a tea out of it, you're looking at, I mean, I'm in and out in two and a half hours. I mean, I'm still definitely feeling some residual effects after that two and a half hours, but I've peaked, come back and I can have a conversation and I'm lucid and I'm aware of what's going on after two and a half hours none of this four to six hour stuff and it makes sense why it's expedited you're powderizing the mushroom material increasing your surface area and you are mixing it in with a hot liquid increasing its activation throw some lemon in there and yeah i mean i can when i make mush good mushroom tea it i can feel it within 18 to 22 minutes i can i can i can feel it the minute that it begins to kick in and it none of this 40 45 minute stuff you make tea out of it 15 to 25 minutes you're in there but on this particular evening in August I mixed up some tea and you know it's funny after two years of heavy LSD use I had no idea what to expect with with psilocybin I mean I will say that the LSD definitely prepared me for the mushroom experience that that all that time spent was necessary was my my psychedelic training wheels so to speak but the high dose psilocybin experience was and is so much more powerful than lsd can ever hope to be and the reason i say this is because of how in love with acid I was and how reticent I was to stop using it. I want. I didn't... Had my source not essentially cut me off and switched over to mushrooms, I would have kept taking acid if, if it were my choice. But I dosed, and I made a real rookie mistake, though. I went and laid on the couch and curled up into a ball and just kind of waited prayed away the the onset one of the worst things you can do during the onset is simply go curl up into a ball and just wait for the onset to pass that's not what you want to do what is absolutely necessary to have any hope of surviving the experience and and when I say survive it, I don't mean actually dying, but I mean not completely falling apart and, and getting destroyed by it. You have to move during the onset. You have to breathe. You have to chant. You have to sing. You have to stretch. You have to dance. You have to move around. I understand that the the... The intuitive sort of initially anyway, the intuitive urge is to just go curl up and just get into the fetal position and just like you're protecting yourself, right? Even though this isn't a physical attack, you're still it's it's instinctual to get into the into the, the fetal position and just curl up and that will bring about trouble for you really quickly. You need to move your body. You have to introduce oxygen into the bloodstream you got to stretch the muscles you have to express yourself you have to imagine that the, the, the mushroom material that you just consumed while it's sitting in your stomach it's it's as it's being broken down by your stomach acid and absorbed by your into your bloodstream you have to imagine the energy radiating out from your stomach you have to imagine that you are that the mushroom material is now creating a symbiosis with your being that after consumption of the mushroom material, material the mushroom is essentially coming to life expressing itself through you there is a chemical reaction going on here but I went and I laid on the couch and I curled open in ball and it is one of the hardest come ups I've ever had in my life now, I had, I had experienced what's kind of referred to as ego death, which is kind of a broad description of the phenomenon, what a person experiences inside the psychedelic experience. But this, this quarter ounce trip was the first time that I really felt as though I had died, That I had crossed over to the other side so to speak that I had entered into a spirit world of some sort there was a lot of communication with people who had passed away during this experience and there was a definite awareness of something greater now this this experience was done in my living room in silent darkness there is something very important about mushrooms in particular and and dmt as well but utilizing them in in the darkest possible setting tripping during the day is great and fine and fantastic and it is beautiful to see cosmic architecture lit up by the sun it's a it's a beautiful thing and it's definitely worth doing but the truest most definitive version of the psychedelic experience is done at night to really bring out the open eye visuals. It's, it's the same concept as the, as the deprivation tank, the sensory deprivation tank, right? The float tank. The idea is that you want to remove the body from the equation. You want consciousness to persist with the sensation or or the perception of the body removed. And for obvious reasons, when you do this during the day, or there's any sort of light, you can see your body, you can feel it, it just doesn't quite, you just can't go as deep. Now, the visions that I had during this experience were beautiful, beautiful fractal imagery, kaleidoscopic in nature, Feelings of eternality were present. I was pleasantly surprised by how wonderful the high dose psilocybin experience went for me. And almost overnight, I disavowed LSD. Now, it still was almost a year after this point that I would kind of cease to take LSD anymore and we'll get into that later but this first quarter ounce trip was a game changer for me and it went so well for me that I was ready to get really serious about this and start to enter into somewhat dangerous territory some really deep dark water I began to wade into after this experience. Now again, everything about this first dose motion trip was great. It was fantastic. I mean, I was completely electrified by it. My curiosity was just it was going crazy. And I wanted to keep peeling back and peeling back and peeling back at this at this phenomenon. And it was this moment of like, I'm like looking around and I'm like, is anybody else? Does anybody else know about this? Now, the truth is I did have some difficulty initially after this first quarter ounce trip. I did have some difficulty articulating the experience initially. And I began to kind of scour the internet for some advice Some interpretations someone who could kind of help me flesh a lot of this out and in my searching I found a gentleman by the name of Terrence McKenna Now, I've mentioned McKenna a couple times here already and if it's not already obvious McKenna is my brother I love Terrence and and in the days and weeks and months following this initial high-dose mushroom experience I sought out help and I found Terrence. Uh, Terrence, if you haven't listened, if you've listened to Terrence, I you you know. If you know, you know. If you haven't listened to Terrence McKenna, I mean, Terence Ter- you don't even have to take psychedelics. To be perfectly honest, you don't have to take psychedelics. Listening to McKenna is—it's like being hypnotized. He is. The most wonderful orator and speaker. His knowledge, his wisdom is profound. And what strikes me the most about Brother McKenna is the degree of sincerity and joyful and youthful curiosity in which he spoke about the psychedelic experience and and primarily with psilocybin and DMT and on this channel here the those are the two compounds that I really am going to focus on I include LSD you know in my resume so to speak and I still think it's a fascinating substance and compound and it gave me it gave me my start in this life in this lifestyle. But the reality is I simply just don't hold it in the same regard as psilocybin or or DMT. And as the show progresses and we, we episode by episode, we're further going to flesh all this out. And I'm going to share some really wild stories that have taken place, some crazy experiences, trips that are so deep. So mind-shattering that it's brought me to where I'm at today, in the middle of the desert in a school bus, hosting a podcast here, beaming this out to people all all over the planet. I ask that you forgive me in advance because if you if you can't tell already, admittedly, I get a little scatterbrained when talking about all this stuff because. At this point the the scope is so vast my experience has been going on for years and years now I have so many stories I get sidetracked so very easily with this, with talking and talking about this stuff so I apologize in advance because I know sometimes this can be hard to follow the deeper we go down this rabbit hole if you've made it this far I want to thank you for joining me and listening and hopefully taking something away from this. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem.